0: Hi, this is Tom Compton. You're listening to WHTT Speaks Out. Each week Chuck Carlson and members of We Hold These Truths look into events that are for the most part ignored or overlooked by the mainstream media, and we analyze these events. Ready? Set. Let the sparks fly. In today's WHTT
1: Speaks Out, we're going to talk about the Institute for Christian and Jewish Studies. We I had a little experience with them a few weeks ago in another podcast where their president uh, of this organization, who happens to be a Presbyterian pastor, was attacking the Presbyterian Church for their series entitled Zionism Unsettled. And so we wanted to take a look today at some of the statements and, I guess, philosophical ideas, and it's the idea that eight questions here we want to actually review that they've put forward. For example, the first one, Jews and Christians worship the same God. And so we want to go through these and talk about this. And Chuck, why don't you give a little further explanation about why we want to do this?
2: Yes. What we're looking at today is the issue that's going on where there is a huge effort to judaize Christian and uh, this is carried on by people like this institute that uh, Thomas uh, introduced and many others but many are also Christian Zionist organizations that have already been judaized to use a biblical term and of course uh, what they're trying to convince us is that Christianity and Judaism can be blended together if we will just say, make certain common statements about our beliefs and so they've given these eight statements and uh, we're going to review them and see just uh, whether or not they're true or not. Tom?
1: Okay, well, let's start with number one. Jews and Christians worship the same God. And Here's my take on this, and of course, they've left out uh, Islam, and so the question, it always seems to be, for Christian Zionists anyway, the fact that Muslims worship a different God altogether. It's not the same God. However, they revere Abraham and Jesus and David and a number of these prophets from the Old Testament. So the way I look at it is there is only one God, but as we know from what Jesus revealed to us today, what we call the New Testament, he said that the only way to the Father is through him. And so it's like, all these other religions may have an idea who God really is they're the only one God, but they don't have the direct connection they aren't really they need Jesus as their operator if you will to connect with God so it's a really kind of a touchy question here Chuck want to jump in
3: Can can I add something
1: you sure, sure may sure mark yes
3: yeah it God has chosen to reveal. Himself to us specifically in written form. I mean, generally, we can look at the universe, at science, at biology, and we can see evidence that shows that there is a God, but we cannot learn the details without going to the written word, which, by the way, according to John, is Jesus Christ, as Tom stated. And so, To share commonality, the first five books of the Bible, well, everyone that agrees with those books, which is Muslims and Jews and Christians, well, they know that much of God the same. But as you move forward to the Gospels of the New Testament, where we really have the mystery of God's eternal purpose finally revealed to those who will see it, You've lost the Muslims and you've lost the Jews, you know, before you get there for the most part. So it's a partially true statement, but it's not a totally true statement. We don't believe in the same God because our knowledge of God is based on the book that we believe describes him. And our Bible is different from theirs significantly. But again, there is commonality as far as the common scriptures that are shared between the three religions.
2: Right, and of course, a characteristic of the Rabbinic Judaism of today is it totally rejects Jesus in some way or another, either that he didn't exist or that he wasn't who he said he was, or
4: both. I wanted to say too is that when um, answering these questions, you know, I'm thinking mostly in terms of our our Christian Zionist audience, and they believe that these statements are true. I think they'd probably go down the list and say all of these things are true. And what I think we need to do is combat these statements with Scripture. And that's why when I said, you know, Jews and Christians worship the same God, I said false, because Jesus said in John 16:2 and 3, they will put you out of the synagogue. Indeed, the hour is coming when whoever kills you will think he is offering service to God. And they will do these things because they have not known the Father nor me. And then I also reference Michael Hoffman's excellent work. It's called Judaism: Strange Gods, and uh, Judaism I think revealed. I think is, is the big, huge book where he goes into Talmudic Judaism, coming out of Babylon, and really pointing out very clearly in historic references and quoting the Talmud extensively that that is not the same God. And so I would, I would probably question you, Mark, as far as saying we start with the same premise, and I, I think that premise has been distorted to such a degree that Judaism today is not worshiping the same God.
1: You look at these other cults that call themselves Christians, we don't have to go into specifics, but there's all kinds of of different beliefs, and so the question is, are they worshiping the same God? Or is it that, you know, there's, there is one God, but we've got these glasses on that distort it through man's interpretation? The, 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 whatever, the, all these errors have been introduced into the equation, if you will, and the only really true pair of glasses is what's been revealed to us through Jesus Christ.
3: Yeah, well, okay. we probably need to move on to a different point. Well, but Craig, Craig's made a good point, because when you add... You, you have the common scriptures, but then when you add stuff, as the cults have done, or as the Talmud has done, well, then that, that takes you way far apart in your understanding of who God is. So that's an excellent, excellent point.
1: Okay, the next item, moving on. Jews and Christians seek authority from the same book, the Bible, what Jews call Tanakh, and Christians call the Old Testament. Frank, we'll start off with you.
4: Okay. Um, I, I like the true-false questions because I, I always did well in school with those two. I had a 50-50 chance of getting it right. I said false on this one, too, and the, the scripture I used on this one was Hebrews 8.13. In speaking of the New Covenant, he makes the first one obsolete, and what is becoming obsolete and growing old is ready to vanish away. And I said, that uh, Christians don't give the same authority to the Old Testament as the New Testament. We follow the teachings of Jesus. Quote,
3: you have heard it said, but I say unto you, end quote. Very good. Well, Jack? I think the comments we made on point one, you know, apply here to point two is all the, 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 the book. You, you know, you don't have much left in common. So to say no. that we use the same book. I mean, we have a few overlapping pieces that, that are the same, but, but it's not the same.
1: The next point here, three, Christians can respect the claim of the Jewish people upon the land of Israel. And, of course, we've, that's been our theme for a long time, that we focused around this whole idea of Christian Zionism and uh, the belief that the modern state of Israel is a fulfillment of this biblical prophecy.
3: Well, this is the most flagrantly false statement of the whole list right here because it's blatantly false because it's Christian Zionists can respect the claim of the Jewish people upon the land of Israel. The other Christians of the world either don't agree or don't care, but they definitely don't have a strong belief for the claim of the Jewish people upon the land of Israel. So, I mean, this this is wishful thinking on their part, or it's just a blatant lie that they're hoping somebody will swallow, I guess.
2: And the, the key point, I think, to remember in talking about this, is a most simplified key point, we can go into great detail with the Scofield Bible and other evidences of this, but the whole idea that the state of Israel essentially borrowed its name from the Bible in order to apply for this land grant. So the people who settled there, who, who say we can agree with their rights to the land, actually only have a right to the land by virtue of stealing the name out of the Bible. Israel thanked, or Israelis as they call themselves. Craig?
4: Well, I'm going to say false again on this one. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say there is no such thing as the Jewish people. There are those that follow Judaism and the Talmud, but not a Jewish race. I, I think um, equivocation is the, is the word that comes to mind when you, you think that you can look at Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and then go look at your uh, your local synagogue and say these people are a direct ancestral link to that. The scripture, again, I'd like to use for that is Galatians 3.16, where it says, Now the promises were made to Abraham and to his offspring. It does not say, and to offsprings, referring to many, but referring to one and to your offspring who is Christ. And also Galatians 3:28 and 29 there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. and if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring and heirs to the promise. I also said here, this is also where the terms require definition. One can follow the Jewish religion, and be or not be a Zionist. And one can follow the Christian faith and be or not be a Zionist. The notion of a Jewish claim to the land of Israel as a separate state was manufactured in the late 19th century, giving birth to the Zionist movement. So to me, the whole idea of a claim, being a Jewish people uh, to a land, to me, there's there's no ancestral connection. And the more you look at that, it comes apart as far as you know, DNA checks and all that kind of stuff.
1: Great, thank you. Anybody else have a comment?
2: Nothing else. Okay, needed. the next point
1: four Jews and Christians accept the
2: moral principles of Torah. Well, this covers a lot of wide ground. The moral principles of Torah, of course, include the entire book of Leviticus, which talks about sacrifice, and then on through countless wars, which talk about genocide. So, what Principles really of the Torah is it that they would have us say that we can accept? Certainly, we don't have to accept the ideas of the ancient warring and genocide that we find in the ancient scriptures.
0: Wouldn't they be
1: referring to the Ten Commandments uh, included in the Torah, Chuck? Or?
2: Well, they would. That's a part that we could agree to. But they didn't say that. They just said the the Torah, which
3: is the first, is it the first four or five books? Yeah, the five books. But the moral principles would be yeah, the Decalogue primarily. I'm interested to hear Craig's uh, yeah. verse before we go on.
4: <laughs> well, uh, I come false again on, on this one. The, the scripture that I, I used on this one is uh, Mark 7, 9 through 13. And Jesus said to them, You have fine way of rejecting the commandment of God in order to establish your tradition. For Moses said, honor your father and mother, and whoever reviles father and mother must surely die. But you say, if a man tells his father or his mother, whatever you would have gained from me is korban, which means given to God, then you no longer permit him to do anything for his father and mother, thus making void the word of God by your tradition that you have handed down, and many such things you do." So right there, we have Jesus you know, coming out against the, the, the traditional Talmudic religion that, that was, that birthed in Babylon. And one of the, the things that came to mind to me is when there's a push and a, and a tension between the Torah and the Talmud, I, I see the Talmud winning out. In an example is that whole Kol Nidra, where they can take the vow that any vows they make are invalid, invalidating the scripture where you're to be giving a proper witness. So, to me, I see the Talmud trumping the Torah.
2: And the New Testament trumping everything, right? Well,
4: for us. For us, that's for sure. For us,
2: yes. So that is that is exactly the answer to the question. This is why, no, we can't accept this as a common belief of Christians and Christ followers and today's Jews.
1: Okay, moving on to point five. Nazism was not a Christian phenomena. And I would agree with that. Uh, I guess we
2: have have one we can agree on.
4: (laughs) True Christians like Martin Niemöller and Dietrich Bonhoeffer, they stood against the ungodly Nazism.
1: Okay, let's move on to point number six. The humanly irreconcilable difference between Jews and Christians will not be settled until God redeems the entire world as promised in Scripture.
4: Okay, what I, I, again, I went false on this one, and I said, "...humanly irreconcilable, yes, but as Paul spoke of the Judeans in Romans 9, 2 and 3, that I have great sorrow and unceasing anguish in my heart, for I could wish that I myself were cursed and cut off from Christ for the sake of my brothers, my kinsmen, according to the flesh." The problem with this number six statement is the definition of terms. For the Judaic, their idea of world redemption is that their Messiah is on the literal throne with them in charge. For Christians, it is Jesus returning with a new heaven
1: and a new earth. In a spiritual kingdom. Right.
3: Yeah, so, and my minor difference with the main problem here is the tense. Is until, as if God hasn't done this yet, that this is, you know, in the future, and the Zionists have this belief that all of the present-day Jews will accept Jesus as Messiah and will bow to him at some point in their convoluted uh, scheme, all in the future. But that's not what we're seeing in the book of Acts or anywhere else. We're seeing that the first century Judeans had one generation, and they were finished, they were wiped out, and that this redemption... Is what we are seeing happening in the book of Acts. All the nations are being called in to the new spiritual kingdom right then and there. And I mean, the redemptive work is is ongoing and continuing, but it's more past than it is future. And so that's a huge difference in outlook, which has dramatically altered the moral reality of our culture. So I don't, you know, I do not like number six.
1: Okay, uh, moving on to seven. A new relationship between Jews and Christians will not weaken Jewish practice.
3: I mean, who cares? But that's (laughs) that's probably... No, I mean, this is going after the Jews, you know, the Orthodox Jews, who, like my high school friend, called me Goyim. We're unclean, we're, we're not Jewish, we're something else. So this is just a statement made to them that they can continue to do what they're wanting, but yet acknowledge that Christians might be human beings or something. But, I mean, it really, it's not anything that any of us are going to worry about, I don't think.
2: It doesn't even mention Christian practice. It doesn't say, and this will not uh, dilute Christian practice either. Mm -hmm. The statement is, as you say, completely one-sided.
4: And this one I said, sad but true, because the majority of Christians today believe the above false statements and are being used as pawns for the expansion of Eretz Israel into surrounding lands. The Israeli position is not weakened, but rather strengthened by this, quote, new relationship. It is only by bringing all the facts to light will the evil of Israeli colonialism be exposed and denounced. I know that's a that's a hard word. but the I like that one. <laughs> you like that one. yeah uh, Christians don't get it to me they, they're just mildly going along as the, as colonialism is taking place with uh, this apartheid regime, and our Christian brothers, our Palestinian Christian brothers and sisters are being persecuted, and the Christians don't seem to care and it just it really really bothers me.:
1: Well, it's all because uh, in this word you mentioned the new relationship. I mean, as followers of Christ, we're supposed to have a relationship with God through Christ, but so many of our Christian Zionist brothers and sisters in Christ have a religious dogma that allows them only to see what they want to see and wrap around this belief that the modern state of Israel is this fulfillment of biblical prophecy. Okay, let's move on to number eight. Jews and Christians must work together for justice and peace. Well, certainly that's true, and so so must we do with with uh, Muslims. But we have done such a good job, particularly the Christian Zionists in our society, of marginalizing uh, Muslims. In fact, even demonizing them. We should be ashamed of ourselves that we kind of leave them out of the equations.
4: Well, I, I go back to what Mark said. You know, being called the Goyim. And what I put was the the problem with the Zionists is that justice doesn't seem to apply to the Palestinians. Until such time that the Jews renounce Zionism and see Palestinians and Arabs and all human beings as equals, there will be no peace in the Middle East
3: or any other place
4: where Zionism reigns. And as long as you feel that you're God's chosen people and you're the, the best of the best of the best, sir, there's not going to be any peace because any injustice would be anything that would take anything away from you because you're the top dog. So that attitude is going to have to change, and I, I don't see it happening anytime soon.
1: Not with as we pointed out, 40 to 70 million American Christians being held swayed by these ideas, these religious dogma ideas. It, uh it is a it's a tough tough road to hoe. But there is some encouragement just to, from recent newsletter from Kufi Christians United for Israel. They're all upset about one of the articles, The End of Evangelical Support for Israel. little article here going on, but there is somewhat of a turning, as we point out. And uh, they're castigating the Christ at the Checkpoint conference being held at the Bethlehem Bible College in Bethlehem. This was just uh, held... Uh, first part of March of two thousand and fourteen, so they are against any type of discussion on the issue because they they have their mind made up that oh this land belongs to all the Jews, this land of Israel, and that this occupation is not really an occupation they they say that Israel is bent over backwards to To make peace and we know that's not true
2: it's uh one of the most disturbing things about these eight questions is that they did not come from a synagogue or from a uh uh, directly from the state of israel's uh, public relations department uh they're written by reverend chris Lighton who is a Presbyterian minister and executive director of, of the Institute for Christian and Jewish Studies in Baltimore?
3: And at uh, um, Chuck, may I, may I make a slight correction, please? Okay. Now he's the head of the organization, but these, the, these eight points were made by four Jewish scholars. They hammered out. I'm reading right off of their website right here. This was published in September of 2000 as a full page ad in the New York Times, the Baltimore Sun and other major newspapers and it represented uh, what these four Jewish scholars hammered out. It was to acknowledge really the success of Christian Zionism. And this is like this is what we're giving you because you've helped us so much in recent years and so it's like a gift from the American Jewish scholarly community and it has their names right here on the website i can't pronounce them but dr tivka frimer kensky from the university of chicago divinity school dr david novak university of toronto dr peter ox or oaks uh, university of virginia and dr michael signer university of notre dame They're the actual ones who wrote this. The Presbyterian man you mentioned, Chuck, is actually just the head of the organization in Maryland who got this all together and raised the money to pay for the ads.
2: And published this uh, paper.
3: Yes, yes.
2: Yes. Thank you for the correction. Well done.
1: Okay, well, thank you for all of the input here on this. I think this is a very interesting program.